Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content you can subscribe to this podcast and most of the time you can just do it from your phone from itunes click subscribe and write a review this really helps us continue this path and this journey and we love doing it so much and again i'm so grateful that you're here let us know what you thought thanks for listening Robert Sturman is a visual artist, a dedicated yoga practitioner himself. His work has increasingly focused on capturing the timeless grace and embodied mindfulness of asana. His portraits, whether set in the lively streets of Manhattan, the expansiveness of Malibu's beaches and canyons, the timeless elegance of Walden's New England, or the bleakness of San Quentin, he has done incredible work at capturing the essence of this practice in an incredibly beautiful, remarkable way and such a wise sage for his art. I feel so honored and blessed to be his friend and to have him as a part of our community. I was so excited to talk to him about his journey and his path and what to look forward to in this coming new year. Here's Robert Sturman. You know, one of the things that really you left resonant in my mind from when we first met, when we talked, you know, when we interviewed you, um, when you were taking a bunch of pictures and you literally would look at something and just do one and be like, got it, you know, and just be like, and it was such a mindful way of working that it really just kind of made me think, how many things do we do so much of because we just don't know what we're looking for? You know, and I think that especially for, you know, people listening to this podcast, we're all looking for something, you know, and, and I think that sometimes we get so overwhelmed by not knowing what we're looking for. And I think that when we find people in our lives or people we look up to or creative types that know what they want or, or seemingly have their life path. You know, we always look up to that because we're like, ah, they found it or they know what they're looking for. So maybe 
some of it can rub off on me or, or they can teach me how they did that, you know? So, okay, so that's kind of like a, um, an interesting introduction, but I'm sitting here with Robert Sturman in his home. He's so kind to uh, let my friend Henry and I come in <laughs> and, um, and be in his home with Chai, the sweet little princess just staring at us, um, to invite us into his home so that we can talk to him about who he is, what he does, and and how he has found what he's looking for. And maybe things he hasn't found yet and what he's looking for. Oh, thank you for taking the time to be interested, you know? <laughs> so many people are concerned with being interesting. Yeah. And that's something that fascinates me about certain people. And I have a deep respect for people that are interested. And I find that people that are more interested in things are actually more interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's So thank that's you true. for taking the time. Oh, good. Yeah, thank to you. To see me. And uh, getting back to, I could tie that in with what you just said about the decisive moment. Yeah. You know, I'm a professional photographer, so I'm going to work on things that try to evolve in a way that that is um, very direct and mindful. So when I was a student and apprentice, when I was 19 to a professional photographer, he gave me an assignment. And that was to go up to San Francisco and there was just one exposure in this particular camera that we were using. And I had from eight in the morning until the rest of the day to look, to see, to think, to feel, and only make one exposure. And so if I made that exposure at 8.45 in the morning, I'd be done for the day. And therefore, you know, I'd have to pass up thousands of photographs in order to commit to that one. So that taught me to not be a guesser. And I started to learn that that there was no, in the yoga of seeing, it didn't seem very fun to, to just take a thousand exposures with the hope of just getting one. Like maybe I'll get one, you know, rather than have the opportunity to look, see, feel, mm. press the shutter, and then just be in the knowingness that you got it, that you were with it, and then walk away. I'm, look, I'm still working on this all the time. But then to walk away confidently. Oftentimes you walk away and you say, man, I came all the way to India. I better make sure that I got this shot. And, you know, what, am I being an underachiever? But so all that, those kind of thoughts yeah. come through. Mm. So there's a Zen about it. And it's a yoga, yoga of seeing. Yeah. And so, and, and I know you know, your work, and, and obviously this is, the yoga world is very, very uh, prevalent in your, your career. How, how did that happen? Did you see it when you were first wanting to become a, a visual artist? Did you see your path going in the direction of, of yoga? No, not at all. But one thing that I did know, because I, my heroes in the history of art had show, exemplified this, is that Whatever your life is, that's what your work is going to become. Like Van Gogh, he lived with the potato eaters for a year. And he just painted the potato eaters. And so 
what happened for me was I wanted to rewrite the story of what it meant to be an artist because I found that my heroes in the history of art lived lives of self-destruction. And it occurred to me that while I was sitting in a, a museum in Italy that the works of artists are housed in these facilities, these buildings that are millions and millions of dollars and with security guards and there's so much respect for their work yet the artist wasn't self-respecting. So that's when my journey as a yogi began because I wanted to say yes to myself and not... I mean so many of my heroes they just lived completely destructive lives mm. and I thought something's something's a little off with that. Like why not try self-respecting and then the work, you know, taking just as care, good care of myself as the work is taken care of. Yeah, and I think that's so beautiful that, that that's, you know, the, the precedence that you've, you've created, not only in your life, but just as, a, as somebody who's in front of the public, whose work has been featured in countless magazines and like everything, you know. Uh, I think it's such a great example providing that. You know, you can live a healthy life and create awesome art, you know. Yeah. But getting back to that, there, um, so I started to practice yoga. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, so my first class was at Yoga Works, and yeah, that's right. It's, we're very rare, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So my first class was when I was uh, 19 years old. And so I dabbled in it here and there. I just always knew it was there and had an idea, had heard about it and heard it helps people to sit still, breathe, meditate, be limber, strong. So I'd heard uh, that this thing called yoga was, could help people. And uh, eventually, that was, so that was when I was about 19, but it wasn't until I was about 30 that I really started to take some classes and um, and then I took classes for a couple of years and I just happened to look around and see that the yogis, the asanas were some, it was some of the most beautiful expressive figurative poetry I had ever seen and so I decided that I was going to study it and do a, I did a whole series called Impressions of Yoga Poetry of the Gods, and that was with a Polaroid process that I used to do, where I used to hand carve the images before Photoshop. So it lended itself to a breathing effect. So the work, it, it, it expressed what yoga felt like. So I did that for a few years and just got hooked on, on the fact that you can tell humanity's story oh. with this poetry. I mean, people can either stand there and do nothing or do these incredible asanas. I mean, it's just a matter of time before the fashion industry is going to pick up on this. <laughs> I'm like, and now look at what's happened. <laughs> you know, I think it's so, I mean, to be able to have seen the, the magic or to capture that, essence I think is is definitely obviously it's it's a gift and and you do it very well you know to be able to capture what is happening because a lot of the times I mean you know uh, a friend of mine and I were just talking about how 
people just see yoga as this exercise, you know, they don't right. see it as a, a conduit to something else, you know. Right. But I mean, it's so vast, it's, it's never ending. I mean, just the fact that to embrace subjects like prisoners practicing, soldiers practicing, mm -hmm. Maasai warriors practicing, breast cancer survivors practicing, to embrace the full spectrum of humanity using this, this art to become better people and to, to, be, a, to be a better human being. Yeah. It's well, so positive. Yeah. There's nothing negative about it if you see it that way. And you've seen so many different types of people from different backgrounds, you know? And so what's that been like for your own practice? I just love that it's this language that we all speak, that no matter where I go, if it's to Mexico, and I meet yoga teachers there and do a, a series where they're wearing traditional dress, or if I go to Africa, it's just everyone can relate to this, this art. And it's a, it's a collective consciousness. It's collective that people want to be better. Yeah. And that's an incredible movement. That's, that's a renaissance. Yeah. Wow. What big changes have you seen in the last couple years? Where, where do you see this art form going? I see more, you know, you can always look at negative things and positive things. Sure. I'm not sure where you want to go I with don't, that. It's but just wherever. I, Maybe I you can see, go to both. Who knows? I see more and more people finding that this, it's medicinal and getting hooked because it's helping them to, to perform better in life, to feel more and to, it, to deal with the fire of existence, the suffering, to take it on rather than, you know, um, doping yourself up every day, however people do it. Yeah. Well, by disengaging or, or not wanting to be connected. Yeah. You know, so much of, of yoga is really about, you know, the, finding the interconnectedness between all of us. And it's that common thread that you're talking about, you know, how we're all just bringing it to, to yoga asanas, we're all doing the same asanas, you know, we're all doing the same movements, right. we're all made of the same things, right. you know, yeah. I think it's so important, especially now for us to be able to really wake up to that. Yes, and it's fun, and especially with social media, it's that people are so connected yeah. with, with the, the art form. Yeah, what do you say to people that you know, maybe feel that, you know, just going to social media, seeing, you know, how yoga is, is only the, the different positions that the body moves in, you know, and they think that they can't do this practice because their bodies can't do an epic backbend right. or something. What would you say to them? Well, you know, I, I experience that a lot personally because pe the most common thing that I hear from people is that I can't do what all those <laughs> models are doing in your work. But if you really look closely at my work, there's so much of it is simplicity. It's just prayer. It's the, the poses are coming from the heart. So I guess it could be intimidating. Um, but I, I think that what I try to do 
is honor the 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 poses that are coming from the heart and mm -hmm. celebrate those and like for instance if it's an acrobatic pose i'm not it that's cool and all but if it's not coming from the heart it's not the language that i want to use so but if it has both that's great but if i had to choose one it's always going to be you know something something coming a gentle ustrasana or a, or hero pose just something coming from the heart then i think that'll that'll help people to see that they can do it yeah and it's fun to to work with beginners too to put them in those poses because when you look at pictures and you see like a camel pose it looks advanced and it's accessible to everyone and when people can start to see themselves as a re that wow that's me they can identify with the person that is one of those fancy people in those fancy photographs that there's no us and they yeah then it's like you're able to really bridge that gap for them they can they can relate yeah, yeah. that's fun that's fun that's the power of photography yeah well i think that that's the power that you've created so i don't know that all yoga photographers are the same you know Maybe and again I, I wouldn't call you a, you know you're a visual artist like you're creating art you know yeah. and so i think that your work really is authentic and it really expresses that because you know, you, as I said, you know, for, for the people listening, I mean, you can just go and look at his work and you'll see the, the range and the scope of people that you photographed and it all looks beautiful and, and you really do capture that. So going back to, to what I was saying in the beginning, uh, for you, you know, being able to capture that moment and, and you said that, you know, you, you utilize the tools from, from your apprenticeship to be able to just find that moment. How, how do you think we can begin to find what that is for us? And, you know, maybe not in photography, obviously, but like in, in other aspects in our lives. Like, right. do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, photography is just, photography just has the advantage that it lasts forever. That's the only difference with what everyone, but you can't, a great photographer is somebody that is seeing and paying attention and people are feeling seen by them without even an image being created. Like the image is just, that's a bonus and it's wonderful and everything, but the bottom core line is our humanity and paying attention. That's what I was telling you about being interested, yeah. which yeah. is such a, a rare quality in the me, me, me era. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's more, how are we more alike than different, right? Um, I love so that. Yeah, paying attention, because we could just, like, you could be here and you have this great podcast and everything, but your likability is not really, you, I don't really like you, you know, and what would be the point of all that, you know? So it's the core is that we, we like each other. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. That's yeah. the namaste. Mm -hmm. That's my light recognizes and honors yours. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Everything else is like worthless without that core. And then it doesn't matter what you do. My mail carrier has just got the best vibes and it just brightens my day. You know, that's, that's it. But with a photographer, the, the work we do goes on living and continues to reflect back to somebody. But it's also tricky because I've worked with people that 
they didn't leave a nice feeling with me before. And unfortunately, they have to live with me for the rest of my life. People should understand how sensitive. We're not idiots. We're just because the photograph is beautiful, there's an energy behind that that we are we remember. We were even though we might say we don't, we're not stupid. We're not stupid. So in my intelligent self remembers a, a bratty entitled person. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so I mean, I don't even know. Wow, that's true. You know, because what you're creating is something, it's a living thing. Yeah, and it goes on living forever and we're making billions and billions of them every day and we have to live with these things that we used to not, we'd have the experience and then go away and never be reminded of it again. Yeah. Now it's always there. Yeah. Especially if you're addicted to scrolling through and you happen to be following people that really aren't that inspiring to you. It's dangerous. Yeah. How do you think that's affecting the way we interact with people? Well, I think for me, it's like I get my fill. I'm like on overload. I don't even need to go out in real life anymore sometimes because <laughs> it's just like I've had enough. <laughs> All I can do is explain my... I don't know why it's affecting the whole culture but for me at times I definitely have, have had enough I don't need to go to that party yeah I think it's uh, I think you know the other thing that, that you said that I find to be true for for me as well is just that you know we're, we're everyone's so busy now like people don't take their time to just be more mindful or be more present or to acknowledge people. I mean, like, you know your male person. How many people listening to this know their male person or actually interact with... Uh, this is a human dropping mail into your mailbox right. every day. Right. And newspapers aren't going to write about him. Yeah. You know, he just does it for... He's doing it. He's just in it. Yeah. And he could either do it with a bad vibe but he does it with a, a love for life. He's an artist. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's really what, what draws me to, to your work and obviously just knowing you and, and, and re really respecting what you do and, and the energy that you're emitting out into the world um, is that you are, you can see it, that you see. You're, you're a seer, you know, you can see everything that's happening and you, you have the gift of being able to capture it for us to be able to see or to decipher for ourselves, you know. I think that um, one of the questions that, that I'm curious uh, to, to find out from you is in all the work that you've done and in all the places that you've traveled all over the world, has there ever been something that you've seen that you didn't capture that you wish you had? Well, you know, I went to, let's talk about that I just returned from India. Yes. So I'll keep it very present and tell you what I struggled with. Okay. And um, we've seen all these pictures of the holy men doing the yoga by the Ganges and, and uh, 
But that just wasn't happening for me. Like when I would see a sadhu, I would go run because then a sadhu started coming at me. I'm not the same as I was the first time I went where I was really enchanted and I by all of that and thought that it was someplace where the answer was. Um, so, and I didn't go to Varanasi where there are real sadhus practicing on the, on the Ganges. But for me it was like I had, to, I had to let go of that and I had to let go of the fact that I wanted to do some work with cows in the background. These are things, that's how I get started. I have a, and usually I succeed at all that, but I didn't, I really wanted it. I thought I wanted it, but when I got there, I ended up at this school called Mother Miracle School, which you saw mm -hmm. the video. Um, and I realized that that was much more important than just perpetuating this idea of India, that there's these holy men practicing yoga and cows, all of that's all cool and a lot, that's what artists go and capture and they do it beautifully. But that was not my calling this time. My calling was to, to take an idea that was important, that an educational system of bringing children in from the slums and uh, inviting them in at a very young age. And it's not an easy thing to be admitted to, a lot of applicants, and taking them all the way through college. But, and I had to really look at that because it was for real. It wasn't a fantasy. It wasn't like, oh, well, because in America, if, even though it's exotic and I'm enchanted by it and it's, it's very different, I really looked and they really, it really was happening. It wasn't like, you know, like if a, an outsider came here and they're like, oh, wow, they do the Pledge of Allegiance. They are very spiritual people. You know, it wasn't like that. Right. That I was just, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what you would think. Yeah. If you were, yeah. they'd go, wow, they all do that, put their hand on their heart and say this to this beautiful flag and they're so respectful and what a nice country. I want to be in this country. This country's better than my country. So... So I really focused on the school and, and showing potential. Because potential, our potential, that's what I want to focus on with my work, is human potential. A great idea is having these schools where people actually really care about their students and their students are meditating every day, doing yoga every day. And just everything that was happening was, was very mindful. And I was moved by it. So that's where I spent a, a good deal of my energy. Because human potential, taking a great idea and then getting people used to it through powerful photographs that people can feel. That's how we change the world. When I first started to go into the prisons, not too many people knew that yoga was going on in the prison system. But the more we make pictures that people can identify, not statistics, not words, but where they see and feel the human being, we remember that. And that's what's so powerful about photography, is that it starts to pave the way to create a new reality. So it's like positive propaganda almost. Mm. So it can go either way. Yeah. But that's what I like to focus on is the good stuff that's happening in this world. Yeah.
Yeah, and we, we need those impressions. We need to be able to see that, I think. Because I think that we forget, especially if you're, you know, uh, uh, anyone <laughs> who has a news app on their phone or, right. or is wanting to see the happenings and there's all this just, you're, you're, you're just overcome by all this negativity and just all this negative stuff all the time that it's like, where's the story of, you know, the, the firefighters saving this family or, you know, like where's all the, the good positive? News. Yeah. Where's all the, where's good, the good news? news? Like, just give me one, you know, yeah. where's everyone's so, but I think that's just kind of part of our conditioning too, you know, because people just are always looking for worst case scenario, I think. And, and I think that that's why we're, you know, I think that's why we can be in a state of suffering is because we're always looking outside to the things that we don't have or the things that we're not getting, right? So I think that, to your point, if you focus on all the good and all the, the, the things that are positive in your life, I think that it just creates just a happier, more mindful, more present existence. Absolutely. And we have to be... Like uh, the direct TV ad says, don't just watch TV, direct TV. We have to do that. We have to do that because it's so easy to, you know, it's from my experience, if I watch too much news and put too much negativity, I start turning rotten. Mm. And I don't want to be around me, my thoughts. And so it's a muscle that we have to build. That's, it's a daily practice to, yeah. to let in the light. How do, you, how do you do that for yourself? Well, I started to, uh, I started to um, just not watch the news, just maybe a headline here and just pay attention a little bit because it was getting really bad. I mean, just atrocious with um, just so much stuff. But then, and I started to feel better because I was conscious of the fact that I had a choice to be negative or positive. And I found that I could... I'll often be a negative person and um, yeah and look at the look at the the dark side the, the, the hopeless I became hopeless a lot of the times so then I stopped and I noticed that everything started to change in me because I was in control of it and then the shootings in Las Vegas happened and I got sucked back into the news again and but then I went to India, and, and in India, I didn't hear anything about, about America. They're not, they're, it's not, they're on their radar, what's going on here. So it was nice for you to be able to kind of disengage from... Yeah, and see that there's a whole world out there, that we're there thinking about other things. <laughs> yeah, positive things. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, but definitely not American things. Hmm. What do you what advice would you give people that are listening that are wanting to create art or wanting to create something that's going to leave a life lasting impression in the world and feel maybe a little bit discouraged because they feel unoriginal? What would you say to them? Yeah, that's it's the trickiest thing because Every time that I, I can only speak from my experience, but when I start feeling unoriginal, I just, I realize that I need to stop looking outside. And the more sincere I become, the more authentic it is. 
And if it's, if it's true sincerity, then it won't matter if it, even if it looks like others' stuff, because the work is in the, in the, in the sincerity. That's really beautiful. What area in your life do you feel the most free? Hmm. Like what, are, what are my choices? Um. Oh, I got it. Oh. <laughs> Making art, taking pictures, reflecting the beauty, enjoying what I'm seeing and, and creating with it. That, if I could do everything else, a tenth is positive and without any conflict, then I'd be a master of life. But it's my gauge. It's, it's the one thing that I do that comes very natural and without question. Like what you just said about being original. Mm -hmm. Just there's, there's no question. It just, it is. It's very direct. It's my dharma. Mm. But I'm a very primitive in other areas. <laughs> You know, my mother triggers me and all kinds of things. Oh, so you're just like every, like all the rest of us. Oh, I'm just, I'm the worst. I'm a disgrace to humanity. Completely. I always laugh when people contact me or, or I get messages, you know, on, on like Instagram or email when people are like, your life must be so peaceful right. and everything's just so great. And how can I have my life be more like yours? Like you have a ritual and, and I'm like, I am a mess. Right. Like most of the time yeah. I'm questioning everything. Like I get panic attacks. Uh -huh. I'm a perfectionist. Wow. Like, See, you know, and that's wonderful to know because I thought you were perfect. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, I really, I'm looking at you right now. I'm like, nothing's wrong with her. <laughs> She's got it together. She's leading this incredible interview. She's glowing. She's relaxed. She's awesome. And then here you are talking about falling through the cracks, yeah. panic attacks. Yeah. Which is a, is a beautiful thing to, to see perfect people that... Break down. Yeah. Well, not... So you're not... Whatever. <laughs> Just that no one's, yeah. no one's perfect. Yeah, no one's perfect. And, and I think that I, I mean, that's why I love practicing so much. You know, it's like we, we practice, we practice daily because we forget, right? It's so easy to forget. I love that, right. Right? So, so for me, it's like this is a daily. It's like even though I've been doing it for, you know, like almost, you know, well, it's been over a decade, but. Your podcast? No, 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 not the podcast. Okay. Just practicing yoga. Okay. Um, but I think that, you know, you. I always, I don't always, there, there are many times I think, oh, I should be in a different, I shouldn't be so reactive. Like, why did that set me off? And it's like, I'm practicing for this long. And it's like, oh, right. Like, we practice because we forget. Because every day is new and I have to practice every day. It's like a muscle you have to practice. And, you know, people always... Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, you know, people were always like, I can't wait to be an adult. I can't wait to grow up. And people always have these, they always had these visions of what they were going to be like when they were adults. And I remember my biggest wish, even when I was younger, is I wanted to be like an old lady. Really? Like with gray hair. Like I cannot wait until that moment. Like that's... That's beautiful. Isn't that? Yeah. like? But it's, it's also, you know, was was strange for me to tell people this. Oh, because yeah. I was, no one's going to get that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I really cannot wait for the moment where I, I'm in that place. And I'm just like, 
that's grace, you know? Like, wow. to me, that's just, like, I and can't wait. what are you going to do? Are you going to be out in Boyle Heights? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Where? Like, who knows? I'll be, be in East L.A. somewhere. Um, no, I think, I don't actually know. I mean, I'm obviously going to, you know, ride or die Los Angeles, uh -huh. I'm sure. Um, but I just really see myself as just, just getting there, and that's exciting to me. Like, I, I can't wait to have had all the lessons, you know, and, and, and be in a place where I can, I can really be at ease. That's beautiful. Like, for every line that comes that maybe you make a beautiful piece of art of it and celebrating it, this line's from all the times I looked at the sun or, or, or my partner stressed me out. Or whatever it is, there, it's life. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is the big thing why I always, like, it, it makes me sad sometimes when, as women, like, us aging isn't celebrated as much as it should be. And it's really kind of upsetting for me because I've always had that vision, you know, and I'm like, I just think, I really don't give a shit, you know, if people don't celebrate it because I know for me it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I, I love getting older. Like, I really do enjoy it. And, and I love when I see women that have aged gracefully into that too, yes. you know, and, and I just feel like if we celebrated it more, there would be less insecurity, less, uh, desire to change things about ourselves as women, um, physically yes. even, you know? Yes. Well, as, as a big a, question. Yeah. As a, as a vision. Yeah. Right? What I was going to say, like, how, how do you, uh, discern those things? How are you, how do you deal with it, you know? What I never do is go and alter someone. Like, if I, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles. I, my family, two sisters and a mom. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to go and, like, I'll look closely at someone's face if, uh, just to, to, to remember like if they had a, a mole or something so that I don't go and look like, see if it's a mistake and then take it out. And yeah, yeah. Because the tricky part is, is if you change someone, you're almost saying something's wrong with you. So, mm. and that's tricky. Like I say in my notes, if there's something subtle or if you, you have to tell me, you know, because I mean, that's important to people, some things, but they have to tell me, I'm not going to go and change someone and mm. make them into a, uh, a homogenous uh, yoga person. So how we can do that is, you know, I think more and more there's beautiful, there's, there's just more and more people are celebrating aging. And um, there's a woman that I worked with named Kristen in New York and she wrote, she wrote a poem for a picture that we did and it's it's, it says, please don't touch my lines, let my lines touch you. And then she goes on about how this lines from this experience and this is from when her dogs did this and she gives a whole history of her life. And, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, she's talking to the photographer and it's beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So we just need more of that. But it's, uh, you know, some people do it, some people don't. And 
it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I get it, and I, I, I'll, I respect where anyone is with, with that process. You know, I'm just saying for myself, like I, I really, you know, this experience is only happening one time in your life. Right. And I feel like, why remove anything about this perfect moment? Why? I love that. Right. That's a great mission. You're the poster child. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you ever need someone to photograph these stories, then I would be happy to. Oh, good. Maybe we should do that. Go around and create these moments for people. That would be really cool. <gasps> hmm. Idea. All right, got to mark that. Um, okay, so I, I do want to respect your time. We're kind of coming towards... The end of our time here, even though I, I have so many other questions I want to ask you about, um, I think one of my main ones, especially we both grew up in Los Angeles, and it, even though you know I, I grew up on the other side of the tracks, mm -hmm. we're still both from here. Yeah. And uh, I think that for me, it was very uh, being a teenager was a very pivotal time, and I know that for you, like that's kind of when you found your your art and what right. you wanted to do, and. I'm not a big fan of saying like I would change things because I wouldn't because I'm a very big fan of being like the experience that I had growing up was perfect because it led me to this moment, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to experience everything. But is there any, is there anything that you would say to your teenage self right now, the Robert that you are, the experiences that you've had now uh, that you could say to him, is there anything that you would say? I think I would definitely try to encourage myself to realize that this is just a moment in time that passes because when when I became a teenager that's when I invented depression and, <laughs> and uh, hopelessness and, and deep insecurity you know and, and anxiety so much fear and um, I would just, I would definitely want to point towards, I didn't have the awareness back then to look at people who, had, who were adults, because I didn't know anything. I was, I was just naive, a little stupid, and, um, and reactive. And um, so I would probably choose uh, heroes that were, were healthy mm. and that I would, would, could see myself evolving into. Because when you're that young, you don't really, you're, it's, it's a selfish time where you don't, you don't, you don't even think you're going to live past 30. Maybe. Yeah, you're And right. uh, you definitely don't respect older people. You know, they're just old. That was my experience. Yeah. So I'd say to, to, to find people that that seem to be doing life in a beautiful way and let that rub off on you yeah oh I love that that's really good that's really good what would 95 year old Robert tell you right now ah hmm let's see well, that's interesting because I have, 
a very close relationship with Tao, who's 99, and I see she reflects back to me quite a bit. And, but let's see if it were me, 95. Oh, he's already talking to me. He's definitely talking to me. He's like, listen, if you want to make it to here, then you need to stop doing that. Yeah, that's basically that's the only thing 95 is telling me to wow. shape up with wow. how I treat my body. Mm. That's all 95 has to say. Wow. That's pretty good. Isn't it interesting how like we can we can go backward in time and we can go forward in time and really right. hear those like but it's all still coming from you. Right. Right? Yeah. I think that's so cool. That's why I love asking these questions because yeah. I'm always like it's a great question. Self-inquiry. Because, you know, it's not, a, it's not a race. You can relax and do it. You're not, there's no, it's not a race, but at the same time, you'd like to make it to the finish line. And 95 is a pretty good line. Yeah, I would say. So in order to do that, you know. <sighs> I hear that. I hear that. Part of why I created this podcast, so, you know, you know a little bit of my background and, and kind of, you know, where my path has led me and, and really I created not only just the podcast, but what I want to create in this world, I guess, is uh, this whole idea of radically loved or radical love is that we are supported by God, universe, grace, higher power, whatever it is, there's an external force, could be nature, Mother Earth. We are completely supported by it at all times. There is no separation between you or I. We're all connected in this tapestry of life. Um, we are all radically loved and supported by that tapestry. That's, that's what radically loved is. And it's also the uh the 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 opening of us radically loving each other and and the the privilege and the honor that that is that we have that power to give that we can radically love the other mm. um and really that's just kind of part of of my work is being able to connect with people just any, anyone and everyone, you know, we have that power. And, and I think we can really change old patternings in our mind or limiting beliefs or eradicate feeling lonely or hopeless or depressed by really tuning into that and really utilizing that resource of tribe or of the people in our lives or just of the beauty of this earth, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so my question to you, there's two, saying all that. Well, I didn't think you were gonna, <laughs> you know, I was gonna get off the hook. Oh, no, no, no. Like, oh, no, 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 no. You're I, like, that's I, great, closer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was questions coming. So that's why I paid attention. So my question to you is, number one, how do you feel that radical love in your life? How do you feel radically loved? The second part to the question is, what do you radically love? 
So can we go back again? Absolutely. So, you know, it's just really the question is, how do you feel radically loved? Like in your life, how do you feel the support of either community or tribe or art or the world or the planet? How do you, how do you fulfill that part in your heart that needs that radical love, that desires that radical love? Like, how do you, how do you feel it or what makes you feel it? Okay. I feel it through silence. If I can get quiet enough to where I'm just enchanted by the mystery of life, just that it's just, it's life is just happening. It's like I can feel the wind or the seasons are changing. It's autumn now. And so the light is different. And when I pay attention and I, and I'm quiet enough to really appreciate it, then that's when I start to feel radically loved. And that's a good foundation for how I'm going to be enchanted by my relationships with my dog, with my friends, with my family. But I have to find the space, the meditative space inside of me so that I can slow down time enough so that I can actually appreciate it. I love that. I'm like, I wanted to just take a moment and really just, yeah. And second part to the question is, what do you radically love? I think that it's the same. I radically love the appreciating life. Mm. That's what I radically love. Mm. I mean, just when you were speaking about it and you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's the same. It's right. going to, you know, because there's so much depth there. You know, you can really feel the, the, the substance of, of that, that feeling for you. That's how you connect. That's why you are who you are. That's why you do what you do. You know, that's so great. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know. I never thought of it that way, though. But that's the core, the radically loved. Like how we, what is it? That's the fuel. Yeah, it's what fuels everything. Yeah. You know? Thank you for, of course. for teaching me that. <laughs> um, you literally are the best. I'm like, what are we going to do here? Um, well, first of all, I'm like just so beyond. There's so many things going on in my mind right now and, and, I do want to just take a moment and acknowledge you and your work because it's so inspiring for people like me to see people like you creating beauty and bringing out positivity in all of us. And even just, not, not just in our yoga community, but just across all facets of this world, especially where we are right now. So thank you for allowing your scope to be vast and unprejudiced and all-inclusive and yogic. Um, thank you. Thank you wow. for that. Uh, and, and I love your work and I'm so inspired by it and I'm, I'm excited for us to continue our relationship. Absolutely. And to... I want to come to wherever your house is and <laughs> have dinner with your family, okay? <laughs> That's great. 
Um, so it's, it's, uh, we lived in parallel worlds in Los Angeles, so it fascinates me that you're you're just right over there. I know we're, we're different so culture, close. But we're both Dodger fans. That's right. That's right. Everyone listening, bleed blue all the way. Um, how can people reach you for the the people that are listening to this podcast um, that want to connect with you, that want to see your work? Do you? photograph people other than yogis like where can we find information about you i don't right now i i pretty much yoga is the foundation mm -hmm. and it's not it's not that it's limited to yoga because it's just like i said earlier it's a great way to tell our story so you could find me at the website robertstermanstudio.com or on social media i'm findable <laughs> you are findable and for everyone listening all those links, uh, his Instagram and website links uh, will all be on this podcast. So if you're listening, all you need to do is click the info and you can just click a button and go awesome. straight to his information. Yeah, the, the website's one thing, but social media is, mm -hmm. a, is a live unfoldment. It's like an artist's diary, yeah. a sketchbook that's just happening now. So yeah. that's the beautiful thing about social media it's yeah. just it's what's happening right now yeah and so if you are listening and you liked this episode definitely share it with your friends and you know uh, send Robert a message and tell him how much you loved this episode uh, I guess that's it for us thank you all so much for listening Robert thank you so much thank you you're so good at this oh no really <laughs> you know whenever I'm interviewed I don't know if I'm gonna get in and you just made it so that I just went right in and you bring out the best in people. Aww. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's very sweet. I'll take it. Thank All right. you. Cool. And Chai, thank you so much for letting us hang out. And um, that's it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.